Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C., and today I'm going to be talking with Mary Trump. Wow, this is awesome. Just FYI, we've already recorded the interview, and I wanted to let you guys know that I tried very hard to come up with some different kinds of questions for her than you're going to hear on like MSNBC. I wanted First, we focused on the obvious, Trump's taxes and the news that's breaking, but then I also kind of tied in that with what she thinks is going to happen, you know, with with the election, as well as asking her some of those questions or asking her questions based on what Noel Kasler said about Trump. Now, he's the guy that I interviewed a couple of weeks ago. It was such a great interview. He worked on the Celebrity Apprentice as well as working for Trump in his pageants. So that guy knows a lot. He had a lot of dirt to dish, and I wanted to find out what Mary had to say about it. Now, I will say that, you know, Mary didn't grow up hanging out with Ivanka and Don Jr. and and going over and seeing Donald all the time. So it's different. She's got a different take on Trump than somebody who's worked with him or somebody like Michael Cohen. But I just wanted to see if she could verify some of these things or if she agreed with some of the things Noel said. So that was kind of fun. We really, I I had a good time. I think she had a good time. I know you're going to have a good time and I'm always looking forward to your comments. Okay, before I get started, I am now an Amazon associate and I'll include a link in the text description of the show. But when you shop on Amazon, please use that link. I'm a participant in the Amazon Services Associates program. It's an affiliate advertising program designed to provide uh, means for me to earn fees by linking Amazon and affiliated sites. Now, the Start Me Up podcast is independent. It's supported by listeners and it's woman run. I don't use corporate backers and I don't use advertisers. At least I don't right now. So it's patrons who keep the show going. If you enjoy today's show, just take a look at the about page. You can go to patreon.com slash start me up. See some of the past guests I've had. I've talked to Glenn Kirshner, Molly Jong Fast, Charlotte Clymer. I've interviewed actors like uh, Kristen Johnston, Kirsten Warren, Kirk Acevedo's wife, and Kirk Acevedo, Vincent D'Onofrio. Most of the time, though, I, I stick to politics. So take a look at that front page of my Patreon. And if you're like interested, you can become a subscriber. You can support the show. So here's how it works. I do two free shows Monday and Wednesday each week. And then I do to patrons only shows a month. If you sign up for $4 or less, you get all the free shows delivered to your email box as well as one patrons only show. If you sign up for $5 or more, you get everything, both patrons only shows, all the free shows sent to your email box so you don't have to search. And you, the other thing is, is if you're looking at a tier, like you check out the $5 tier, you can always change that dollar amount to anything you want. So, you know, you can, you can be a subscriber for six fifteen, or you could be a subscriber for $180,000 a month, <laughs> whatever you want to do, you get to decide. So just keep that in mind. Again, it's patreon.com slash start me up. You can also make a one-time donation by checking out that text in the Patreon description. I always include my email address and you can use PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, I just want to say real quick, thank you to everyone who's doing this. I always say, please stop by Apple Podcasts and become a subscriber because it's free. And a lot of people have been doing that. And while you're there, rate the show. So thank you for that. And give me a review. 
You don't have to leave a long review. You could just say, hey, I really enjoy the show, whatever it is. You want to leave three paragraphs? That's great. You want to leave one sentence? That's great. I, I am so grateful and appreciative for everyone who does that. And that's it. I'm done. Now, please enjoy. And I know you will. My conversation with Mary Trump. Welcome to the show, Mary. Kimberly, it's so great to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you. You don't even know. This is like so cool for me. And I, I just, I kind of feel like I have to apologize because I can't stand the rest of your family. <laughs> uh, why, why apologize? I know, I know. It just feels Seriously. weird. It feels weird though, you know, like to talk to someone who's like family you despise, but you really <laughs> appreciate them. But I do. I appreciate everything you do, as does everybody else. And oh my God, I have so much to talk about, but... Let's just, you know what, I want to start off with the taxes because um, that's the big news of the day. And I know, uh, pardon my ignorance, but did these leaks have anything to do with what you were doing with the taxes? No, I had absolutely nothing to do with the story. I had no involvement whatsoever. Whether this came out of uh, information the reporters discovered while working on the 2018 mm. article, I don't know. Hmm. All I can say is I'm so ecstatic. I mean, these these reporters are just extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and I mean, just not just professional journalists, but you know, human beings. So right. I'm I'm thrilled. I'm also thrilled that this time around, people don't seem to be saying as much. Oh, you know, why didn't we know about this four years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and people are actually focusing on the content, the very serious <laughs> content of the article. Whereas in 2018, I felt people dismissed it out of hand, which is unfortunate because it should have been enough to end this nightmare. Right. Because, you know, they weren't happy that when it came out, it's like, you know what? Uh, does that, does that uh, undermine the validity of the factual information in the article? No. No. So this seems to be getting better play. I'm, I'm about it. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been, I want to talk about this in a minute, but it just, it just seems like with this particular drop, I mean, there's been a couple other things that have been happening, but this particular drop is, I don't know, there's, there's a change in the air, but I want to get to that in a minute because last night I was watching MSNBC and I don't remember who it was, but a reporter said that there were shockwaves going through the White House, which, oh my God, I was like, ah, and I was yeah. so excited. And I'm just curious. So like from what you know about your uncle, uh, and also, I mean, I'm all, I, I'm probably about halfway through Michael Cohen's book. And, you know, Michael Cohen said that he perceives the world differently. And he was also talking about when Trump got booed that, you know, he in his mind, he changed the story into something else. Mm-hmm. And so it's like what from what you know about him, how do you think like what do you think is going through his mind right now? Uh, I think that part of it is that, you know, he's convinced himself somehow that all he needs to do is keep saying fake news, failing mm-hmm. New York Times, <laughs> and that's going to be enough because, quite honestly, when hasn't it been enough? Yeah. You know, it he's has, been getting yeah. away with murder for so many decades. Like, why should he think this time will be any different? But do you think, you like, know? do you um, think that's what he's telling himself as he freaks out, or do you think he's not freaking out? Oh, I think he's, you know, I think, both things are probably happening at the same time mm-hmm. and some of it's happening kind of unconsciously. But I, I think for him, um, any, any recognition is buried pretty quickly hmm. and it gets translated into, um, you know, being somebody else's fault somehow. Yeah. So, 
you know, um, like with the booing, for example, it would be, you know, they they don't appreciate me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> their, their fault for not yeah. understanding the greatness with which I spend about seventy thousand dollars a year in hairstyling. <laughs> you know, know, should be appreciated. Um, so, so uh, you know, he's always he's he desperately needs to let himself off the hook and rewrite the narrative. So, but it is getting harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of one of the gratifying, you know, I'm not entirely sure when the trend started, mm-hmm. but it's been my theory all along that no one thing is going to do the trick. Right. It has to be an accumulation yes. of things. And unfortunately there hasn't been an accumulation because the media hasn't been doing their job or what have you. Um, and, you know, they flood the zone, but now I think things are really starting to, to, to stick and add up and you know this article came at a great time Mm -hmm. because that had already been a trend so um yeah i think also these people around him are probably having a very hard time (laughs) pretending that they're not freaking out (laughs) i can only imagine (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i mean i think i think it for me at least noticing what's going on it seemed like first there were those comments that, you know, about the veterans and the, our military, that they were losers and suckers. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, you know, I will say there was somebody personally I know who by that time was a Trump supporter and kind of fed up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I never spoke to that person. I just got the story from someone else. I can't really say who it is because it's partially family. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. the idea is that when I heard this news, I asked, well, what was it that changed this person's mind? And it was like, well, the, the constant bullshit that he's always saying, you know, on, at his rallies and everything, you know, added to what he said about military. This person was a military person. So, um, you know, I think that was the first kind of thing. And then the second thing was Woodward letting everybody hear Trump talk about, you know, that he didn't, that he was downplaying the dangers of COVID, that he fully understood it but was downplaying it. We all know he didn't want to panic Wall Street. And now we have, um, and now we have this. So I think yeah. that like, you you know, I just like you said, I don't think it's going to be any one thing. I think it's, but I think what it has to be is partly the media and how they handle him. And then because of that, and because of all of these different events, it's going to be like a public, how the public sees him. And I think it's kind of swaying now to where, he was always getting the benefit of the doubt. You know, I mean, obviously yeah. the diehards, the resistors, we already knew, but it's like this, this, it's got to come from the media. The media has to scold him in a way that they haven't. Like, for instance, no uh, major newspaper, well, not no, I, I want to take that back. Only like a couple of major newspapers have called for his resignation. And, you know, I, I think it's one. I think it's the Boston Globe. The Boston Globe. Globe. Okay. So, I mean, that needs to change. I mean, Bill Clinton was asked to resign because he lied about a blowjob. So definitely we like need... Hundreds, yes. hundreds of newspapers. To me, that is one of the greatest abdications of responsibility. Yes. I mean, I know there's no, no such thing as journalistic malpractice. If there were, that's what this is. It's, oh, God, it's yeah. I totally agree. But it does, it feels like, it does feel like the tides are turning and, and the, the public... Mm-hmm. Um, the public is viewing him a little bit differently now. I hope it just keeps going. And, you know, as we get closer to the election, it's just going to, I think, you know, clearly the New York Times, somebody said on Facebook that this is kind of like the WikiLeaks 
drip drip of 2016 except mm-hmm. for that's the new york times and it's legal and all that so <laughs> we'll yeah. see what happens um and then and then there's the whole idea that you know okay so he's paying money to ivanka for the fake consulting deals and yeah. now i want to ask you about ivanka um i I, w- I know I've heard you talk about her before, but I'm really curious about her because she frightens me. And <laughs> she does. <laughs> yeah, she does. So how how well do you know her? Oh, not at all. Okay. Um, she, you know, I'm I'm 16 years older than yeah. she is. Yeah. Uh, she was born like two year, two months after my dad died. So wow. You know, that's a huge age difference. Right. So we didn't. I mean, obviously as they were growing up, I saw them at holidays, but you know, you, it, when there's no effort made, which there wasn't like mm-hmm. outside of holidays, I didn't see them. Yeah. Uh, Cause as you can imagine they had led very different lives <laughs> from the life I read, led as a child. So, you know, age difference and the way my family was, there was no being close to them. Right. Um, so my, my observations are as, uh, informed as anybody else's hmm. with except for the fact that of course um by virtue of, of being in my family you know i kind of see these patterns repeating hmm. and uh she actually reminds me of my grandfather hmm. that's interesting it's no it's not and actually i think i think it was noel kosler who said not on my podcast but i heard him say that ivanka was the one who was most like her grandfather at least out of the kids. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it, it is. I'm going to totally ask you questions. From, well spotted. <laughs> from from no. Noel. Noel had all kinds of salacious things to say, and I want to I want to see what you have to say about that. But, I mean, w- when you were, I mean, obviously you didn't. Okay, so you you saw them at family uh, functions and things like that. What what were your opinions of them? Prior to prior, let me say prior to Trump becoming president. Well, again, I, you know, when they were kids, like, you know, the boys were brats. They were very <laughs> disrespectful. Um, and, I, I mean, Ivanka was very rarely apart from Donald. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's which interesting. Which was a little disturbing, but, yeah. you know. Um, so, weird. I didn't really, you know, I didn't watch The Apprentice. Um, <laughs> why would I? <laughs> um, so, you were just so basically like the rest of us. You just kind of looked at them and just thought, whatever. Well, yeah, I, you know, clearly they're, they're, they are to Donald as Donald was to my grandfather in right. certain ways, not, not across the board. But no, I mean, I did, didn't think about them hmm. um, because they had nothing to do with my life. And, you know, yeah. um, I think if it hadn't been for the fact that I was uh, in a, a doctor's waiting room with a TV on and they were... The, the Apprentice must not have been. Anyway, some wait, waiting room with the TV on and The Apprentice. Like, if it hadn't been for that two two seconds I had to be subjected to that, I wouldn't have even been there. I would have no idea. <laughs> wow. Interesting. All right, then let's switch over because uh, recently it was uh, – there was, there was an article that – or news came out that you had recorded your Aunt Mary, right? Her name is Mary, isn't it? Mary Ann. Yeah, Mary Ann. Mary Ann. Um, now, first of all, did she know you were recording her? She did not. And did you talk to her after that news came out that she was recording? Like, did she say anything to you about it? No, you know, um, totally apart from any of this, 
um, and for reasons I don't honestly understand, she stopped talking to me um, in mid-2018, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, mid no. Sorry, no, mid-2019. Okay. Um, so it, was, it had nothing to do with any of this. She didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a mystery. Hmm. Um, but uh, either way, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't be speaking now. <laughs> so. well, yeah, because uh, you're suing her and Donald, right? Well, you know, I, I believe in having stolen property returned. Yes, absolutely. And I, I imagine you can't really talk about that. Am I right? You are right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my statement pretty much speaks for right. itself. And, um, you know, there's kind of not much more to say yeah. right now because it was just the first step in what will undoubtedly be a long process. So, you know, it's, it's the ball is now in their court. Wow. That, I mean, do you feel you're, you're saying so much and you're being so open. Do you, do you have um, fears about being so honest and going up against that family? Uh, no, not, no. I mean, concerns, sure. Yeah. Cause I know them. Right. Obviously. <laughs> but uh, no, not fears. I, I, I take precautions where necessary right. and, um, I'm much more afraid of what will happen to this country yeah. if it's not stopped. Right. Yeah, me too. You know? <laughs> that scares um, the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, and I have a kid. I, I want the, this country to survive. Yeah, definitely. Do you think with this um, this new SCOTUS nominee, Amy Barrett, do you think there was a pr- uh, quid pro quo with her and Trump? Hmm. I wonder what it would. Oh yeah, I see. If she didn't recuse, if it, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she, um, al- but she well, also it, was part of the decision for the George W. Bush in the 2000 recount uh, battle against Al Gore. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sad to say I don't put anything past these people anymore because mm-hmm. of what happened with Justice Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um, what what uh, Mitch McConnell did with the cooperation of 100% of his caucus to Merrick Garland and Barack Obama, although I do kind of blame Barack Obama for that, for <laughs> picking another middle-aged white guy and making the base have no reason not to stay home, but okay, that's a different matter entirely. Um, but with her, I, you know, I obviously I don't know, but what I would say is that anybody who is willing to accept this utterly corrupt nomination mm-hmm. is first of all, totally disqualified. You know, it, yeah. it should be absolutely disqualifying, but it also suggests that she'll do anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. she's clearly a hypocrite and she clearly doesn't, hasn't read the first amendment. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm not talking about, I, I'm not talking about the, uh, the, uh, unforced error <laughs> that the um, that some people are, are making by talking about her Catholicism. I couldn't mm-hmm. care less about right. her personal religion. Yeah, it's you know the way she talks about religion and 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 uh, how it should, um, you know, its relation to the law and how it yes. should impact the law. It's it's quite terrifying. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't. I mean, she's she's uh, she she shouldn't. She shouldn't be uh, anywhere near a courthouse, let alone the Supreme Court. 
No, and I mean, she op- she also, um, let me get this right. I know, and I don't know the year, but there was a vote when she was on the Seventh Circuit. There was a vote coming up because I guess AutoZone was pra- utilizing segregation in their practice, in their work practice. And so I guess mm-hmm. there was a three-panel judge that wanted to bring that back and rule on it, and she refused. So she didn't vote yes for segrega- segregation, but she, her refusal to vote for it was basically like, yeah, let it stand. Let the segregation stand in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's so scary to me, and, and people keep um, you know, saying, well, is this going to make her you know, turn down Trump, turn down being the nominee? Of course not, because I think like so many of the other people – in the GOP, who like Marco Rubio or um, Ben Carson, it's kind of like they weaponize their religion. Like I look at somebody yep. like Joe Biden, and he's a Catholic, and he, mm-hmm. you know, he he says he's you know, privately he's pro life. I don't like that term pro life, but that's you know what he's going to use. Let's just say anti choice. Anti choice. Yes, anti choice. He is. He but he is choice for other people. So it's like he personally doesn't believe that it should happen, but Mm -hmm. he understands that it's a woman's right to choose. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he like, and I, and I posted something, of course I got eviscerated from the MAGA crowd when I said something like, you know, Joe Biden (laughs) is a good Catholic and I'm going to vote for him. And my grandmother was a Catholic and she was a wonderful woman and she never used her religion to judge anybody or to make people feel bad. In fact, it was just the opposite. And I'm not a religious person, but I, you know, she never, she never pounded it into me and, um, she was just a really good person. And, and so, but people like Amy, people like Marco Rubio, they weaponize it. And that's what frightens me because, you know, the, the fact that she was on that, um, you know, she was voting about the 2000 election, that kind of freaks me out. And I think that she mm-hmm. would just justify that this is God, you know, this is God's way of putting her on the Supreme Court. Doesn't matter how she gets there. She just thinks it's God's way. And that's how they all rationalize and they, how they, I, it just, yeah. And it's like the religious part, I don't care about so much, but it's the way she uses it. It's really gross. Yeah. Like Donald is an empty vessel and, yes. you know, God chooses imperfect instruments. As far as I'm concerned, like I, what I would say to people who are anti-choice is say, okay, you, you're anti-choice, so make an argument uh, against abortion without religion, defaulting to religion mm-hmm. or not and go back for that. <laughs> Yeah, because and, if you can't do that, then shut up. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I, I, you also. I just want to make this clear because you mentioned Justice Kennedy, and there was an article out in 2018. It was Deutsche Bank loaned President Trump over a billion dollars for his real estate projects, while Supreme Court uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy's son led a real estate division there, there meaning Deutsche Bank. So there's definitely mm-hmm. something fuzzy going on with that. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing that scares me is that she is being chosen to, um, because she will let, you know, rule in his favor when mm-hmm. he wants to bring the election to the Supreme Court. And, you know, Bob keeps, Bob, my boyfriend, Suska, keeps, you know, putting it out there. And then I added yesterday that that everybody, all the people that are questioning her in the hearing are going to have to, at least all the Democrats, are going to ask if she's willing to recuse herself um, in election matters. Because if she says yes and then she doesn't do it, that's an impeachable impeachable defense. But if she says no, I don't know, I'm (laughs) then it's not a lie. Yeah. And and then it won't matter. But it's like, I don't know. It's kind of it's just kind of. Go ahead. She's not going to answer the question. Hmm. Yeah, she's going to evade. She'll obfuscate, right. she'll, you know, change the subject, she'll whatever. 
Because look, she's going, we need to realize she's going to get put onto the Supreme Court. Yeah. I know. Because they have, they had the vote mm-hmm. before they had a nominee, which just shows you how corrupt these people yeah. are. Yeah. I know. So, you know, it shouldn't shock us that they would pick a corrupt person who proves her corruption by accepting the corrupt nomination. So, um, you know, if they say ahead of time we have the votes, then this is it's it's, it's Kabuki theater. Huh. Doesn't matter what the Democrats yeah. do. I mean, I'm with uh, Schumer. They shouldn't even dignify her with a meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for which they had valid reasons, and the Republicans had no reason for not vote, for meeting with Garland. But yeah. anyway, right. they don't care about hypocrisy. They no. don't care. They don't care. Mm-mm. So it's going to happen. Therefore, what we need to do is focus on making sure it doesn't get to that point and that the Supreme Court does not, once again, get to decide uh, a presidential right. uh, contest in favor of the Republicans. You know, we need to, as I said, keep piling on. You know, this tax story is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I'm sure there's plenty more to come. <laughs> you know, uh, I think... If we just keep hammering certain things, yeah. uh, hammering on certain things, it is going to start having an impact. And then, um, you know, we, and for many, many reasons, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have to take this in a landslide mm-hmm. and we need to take the Senate and then, you know, and then, then we'll, then we'll see what happens right. from there in terms of regrouping and serving the crimes commission and what have you. And, and I mean, in my view, um, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and maybe even Thomas should all be impeached. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if they could do that with Gorsuch. I could definitely see with Kavanaugh and with Amy, because with Kavanaugh, he, you know, he lied under oath. And also they were doing that bullshit investigation for a week into the um, Christine Blasey Ford you know, accusation. And there were people that wanted to come forward and they were not Mm -hmm. allowing those people to come forward. So that alone is worth impeachment. And, Oh God, who was it? I can't remember somebody on my, it might've been Noel, but I don't remember. No, no, no. It was Glenn Kirshner. He was saying that just the stupid lies that Kavanaugh was telling about, you know, what, I don't remember what those stupid drinking games were called, but the fact that he was making up lies about that alone was lying Mm -hmm. under oath. So just something as simple and stupid as that. Just his, his lack of temperament, yeah, his disrespect. I mean, the guy is just, just blah. Yes. But, you know, by the way, though, I mean, the same thing happened with Thomas. There were plenty yeah. of people ready to come out, and guess who right. said no? Yeah. Joe Biden, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Let's hope he makes up for it. Right. <laughs> um, and then the reason I say Gorsuch is because I believe the same thing about Gorsuch as I believe about this woman. It was a corrupt nomination, mm-hmm. and his willingness to accept it yes. disqualified yeah. him. Yeah, but will the Democrats yeah. go after him? I mean, I could see them going after the other I two. I don't see. I don't see them taking getting that that much balls. That I just don't yeah. see it. Yeah, I know. I'd love to it see is them. Not in their DNA. No, it probably. isn't. I know. It's just. It's. It's like. I mean, I think they're going to take what they can get, and and they're going to. You know, I think they should go the whole nine, but yep. they're not. They're probably just going to go up to. Th- maybe four so <laughs> well, better better than nothing yes exactly um and then i also what do you make of this parscale news i mean you, did you hear that he that his it was his wife called 
the police and they showed mm-hmm. up and she was bruised. And I guess they found some like 10 guns and oh, no. that I didn't know. Yeah. And then I guess he, I guess he was threatening to kill himself or some kind of physical harm to himself. And then now he's in the hospital. So do you think, I mean, obviously this, if he's beating on his wife, it's not just because of something that he's freaking out about because of Trump. He's, if, if you're a wife beater, you're a wife beater, but Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. think that his... Yeah, I mean, it triggered him, but it's certainly not an excuse. Right. But do you think that... I mean, because there's also that news of, like, I think Trump... It was Trump... and I, I got to get the story. But it was like a money laundering of $170 million coming out. Plus, there was there was some kind of... Um, there was... I, just, see, see, Channel 4 News investigation reveals a huge Trump campaign data leak exposing how 3.5 million black Americans were listed as deterrents mm-hmm. to try to yep. stop them from voting in 2016. Yep. And so do you think that those are related <laughs> to his reaction? Well, he was the campaign manager, was he not? I think so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> in 2016. Or, wait, or no, or uh, in charge of digital operations. Right, is, yes, that's true, that's true. He was a campaign manager That's briefly. what this would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, he was a campaigner now right. uh, until recently, but in 2016, yes, I'm pretty sure he was in charge of digital operations, which is what would, you know, this is entails. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he, I, it, it constantly amazes me how long people have hung in there mm-hmm. as, um, you know, the writing has been on the... Look, there's always been a chance, of course, that they're going to get away with it. Yeah. And they're, you're, you know, they're they're putting all their chips on, on that bet um, that he gets away with it, so they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that calculus has to have been changing over the last <laughs> few months, right? <laughs> yeah. So some people feel totally trapped by that choice, mm-hmm. and they're, they're stuck. And um, I think... Pascal understands that he overplayed his hand. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was demoted or whatever it was for a reason. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, he, he would be in a pretty good position to see what, what could potentially be happening soon. Yeah. So, um, you know, this news is, is just, I don't know. I mean, I run out of adjectives. Um, <laughs> you know, it, but it, it shouldn't surprise us that they, they ran this racist campaign behind the scenes mm-hmm. because they ran a racist campaign in front, in mm-hmm. front of the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, but it, I, and I don't know enough about it to know if if there was illegality involved in this. Right. Um, but, you know, he's not an idiot. He probably does it. He's in for it, mm-hmm. whether from Donald and his people or from, well, I was going to say the Justice Department, and then I cracked myself up because we don't have one. <laughs> right. Um, well, those are Donald's people. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah, they yeah. are. But, you know, he, for whatever reason, he knows that something's up because um, I, I don't think the time, and look, I, I, I can't speak to his, his psychological right. issues. But the timing isn't, it doesn't seem coincidental to me. Hmm. Yeah. It, uh, it's, you know, I, I've seen people worry for him. And then the same thing, like worrying for Kellyanne Conway because their daughter, Claudia, was, you know, out there on TikTok spilling all the family secrets and saying how her mother mm-hmm. and father are both terrible and she wants to emancipate. 
get him, you know, to leave them. And so then Kellyanne quits. And when she does, everybody's like, that's wonderful, Kelly, that you're going to, you know, go help your family. And it's like, (laughs) no, these people do not get any kind of sympathy from us. And I don't fully, you know, I don't even know what's going on with George Conway. But I don't know if you follow Sherry Jacobus, but she's been tweeting about the fact that he became a never Trumper a couple of weeks before Kennedy announced his retirement. And then, you know, George was pushing for for Kavanaugh. And so now George Conway is defending Amy uh, Barrett. And so, you know, I've never I don't mind sharing the Lincoln Project videos. And, you know, I mean, I have strong opinions where they're concerned. But, you know, like, for instance, Steve Schmidt was on my show and I, mm-hmm. I before, you know, like I had invited him and he said yes. And we had this really nice phone conversation. And then he, bef- you know, he agreed to be on my show. We set a date. Then he was on Morning Joe and he was criticizing um, Elizabeth Warren and he was calling her a hypocrite. And he was really going hard. This was before we had a nominee. <laughs> so I kind of called him out on it. And I said, well, if she's the nominee, you're giving them video and audio, mm-hmm. you know, of, of, and so he's like, well, to, you know, sh- she would, they would be saying this about her anyway. I'm like, yes, but you're giving them video. <laughs> and, yeah, and, exactly. I, and I think that it, I pissed him off because when he came on my show, uh, it was interesting because he had a little different take than he normally does on all the other shows. When he's talking to liberals, he was kind of blaming Democrats for Trump, which yeah. I thought was okay. Then he unfollowed oh, me <laughs> and he unfollowed me and I think, he, <laughs> I, <What a> man. <laughs> I think he unfollowed me because I was talking a little shit. I don't know about one of the maybe it was George Conway. Maybe it was um, Rick. What's his name? Who, uh, you know, I, Wilson. Wilson, thank you. Um, who, uh, you know, I appreciate that he can be an attack dog. But, you know, I it's my opinion that some of these Lincoln Project, all of the Lincoln Project people helped helped pave the way for Trump. I appreciate their yeah, help I now. Mean- yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm just yeah, blabbing. No, 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 I'm sorry. I just want to agree and point out that there's a big difference between somebody who's never Donald and somebody who is repentant and understands yes. that we need to tear the Republican Party down and scrap, start from scratch. Yeah. So, um, you know, George Conway is a uh, never Donald person, mm-hmm. but anybody who who defends uh, Kavanaugh and mm-hmm. what's your name, Barrett. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> I have no respect for you, and no. you are not you are not an ally. No, um, Steve Schmidt. Um, you know he he talks in this very flowery prose, mm-hmm. and he gets mm-hmm. lots of props for that. Mm-hmm. But let's not forget that he was the campaign manager for the Coffee Guys, mm-hmm. which was a yeah. Fucking joke. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, that was just a huge paycheck for him. Yes. It, there, there was no integrity there no. at all. No. So, you know, just because he, he, he talks pretty <laughs> doesn't mean <laughs> that uh, he can back up the words with any substance. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where I've never spoken to him, so I don't know where he falls, but my sense, because I have done some things with the Lincoln Project, I've had conversations with some of the people involved, and my sense of generally speaking, they really are atoning. Yes. They really do understand their responsibility. They accept their responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these guys are like, get rid of every Republican in the mm-hmm. Senate, you know, impeach Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. no more Republican judges. I mean, they're, they're like right there with us. 
And, you know, I, I did a fundraiser with them a couple of weeks ago and they basically, you know, when people say to them, you know, how shouldn't we be worried that after the election, if Biden gets, if Biden wins, you guys are just going to be our enemies again. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you don't understand. We have burned every bridge. <laughs> we have no, there's nobody left on the other side yeah. who will even give us the time of day, let alone hire us for anything. <laughs> so they're all in. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I think, I think they have, uh, obviously they're more conservative. They have a cent, you know, maybe like yeah. they'd be the new centrist Democrats or something like that. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I don't I don't mind as long as as long as there are certain people out there right now who are calling themselves progressives and they are not attacking Donald Trump. They're attacking the Democratic Party and they do it all day long. And yep. they're saying not to vote for Biden. And they're they're screaming about the fact that Biden isn't giving them every little tiny thing that they want. And so oh, well, it's like Bernie Redux, you know, yes, I yes. Just, they just need to go. Uh, yeah, they do. They're not helping. They're, they're, they're not. purest bullshit. <laughs> totally. And they're and they're dangerous, you know. And so I look at yep. the Lincoln Project and it's like, OK, I'm kind of just going to, you know, I'll appreciate what they do right now. And let's see what happens after the election mm-hmm. yeah. and, and how they treat Democrats in general. Uh, you know, if, if it's better than these, you know, far leftists or at least fringe leftists, as I like to say, then fine. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Open the party up because we need to, you know, yeah. I wouldn't mind you know, putting Rick Wilson in charge of going after, uh, as we move forward, going after Republicans, because he's really fucking good mm-hmm. at it. <laughs> he's really good at it. Yeah, and Democrats aren't so good at it. So, you know, we should incorporate some people who know how to fight. Uh, I don't want to become the mm-hmm. Republican Party, but I certainly want to be able to, you know, feel like we're fighting fire with fire, at least politically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. George Absolutely. Conway, I don't tr- I don't, I've never trust- trusted him. And, nope. you know, I just I don't get it with him. And I, I do get the enemy of it's because you said the enemy of my enemy is my friend unless they're supporting Kavanaugh and, and Barrett. So forget that. No, no. <laughs> exactly. And then you can't be my friend. <laughs> OK, <just> so <laughs> I want to switch this over now because I want to ask you some personal stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I also want to get your reaction to some of these crazy things Noel Kowser said, because Noel Kowser was one of my most popular interviews ever. Everybody was mm-hmm. loving it. And he said all kinds of stuff. But before we get started on that, I want to talk about something that I have not heard anybody else talk to you about. And I mean, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. But um, I read that interview with you in the Advocate magazine where you talked about being gay, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Not that I should have known for any reason. It's your personal business. And <laughs> it's like, you know, you're not here to talk about necessarily your being gay. But I thought they took an interesting approach because they were asking you, you know, what was it like to grow up in your family uh, being gay? And you basically said that it wasn't something, homophobia wasn't really explicit in your family, and nobody really talked about it, but just because you assumed that they were anti-everything, that they would also be anti-gay. And so, mm-hmm. um, but then you mentioned your that your aunt was kind of cool about it, so I was just curious about that. What was the deal with your aunt? Well, I didn't know that until much later. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, my grandfather died in 1999, um, and I was uh, living with my then partner, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when I got this inheritance. Um, and then there was a lawsuit, and that was that was the end of my involvement with my family, who wow. knew nothing about my the person I was living with. Right. Uh, so, 
then, for reasons I still honestly don't understand, I was invited to Ivanka's wedding. <laughs> wow. So that was the first time in nine years that I saw any of these people. Wow. And after that, my Aunt Marianne and I made a kind of a concerted effort to move on. Uh-huh. And uh, we actually got fairly close hmm. and I enjoyed each other's company. Um you know, to get weird at times because she's a Trump. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we did forge this relationship until it kind of unraveled for various reasons. But, um, yeah, she told me that as she, she referred to herself as a gay icon. Really? Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I, Sharon Bette Midler would like a word. I, 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 just, I don't know. But I guess in legal circles, because she was one of the more progressive people in terms of hiring practices. Mm, um, I see. While also saying, though, that she wouldn't hire a woman who looked gay. <laughs> it's okay. Whatever. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so, you know, she, she knew uh, about me and, and was, I mean, I don't know if I can say supportive because it's not like she had that role in my life. Right. She, no problem with it whatsoever. But, um, you know, I kind hmm. of, by that point, like I wasn't really part of the family anymore. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it was nice, I guess. I, right. I was, I was happy to hear that she had come to that position in her life and, and, uh, you know, especially as a judge, you, you, you don't want your judges right. <laughs> to have, uh, <laughs> any kinds of prejudices that could affect yeah, absolutely. the way they, they will. So. <laughs> did you feel like, because you were assuming that your family was anti-gay, did it lead to feelings of insecurity about who you were? Oh no, that America did that for me. Hmm. Well, that's, you know, I mean, that sucks. It, it's one of those fascinating things that, like, even when something isn't mentioned, mm-hmm. the negative messages are still there somehow. Hmm. You know, it's like when, when white people say to me, well, not to me, but when white people say they're not racist, I'm like, yeah, sure, prove it. <laughs> Show me your work. Because <laughs> you can't be a white person in this country and not be racist unless you've worked at it every day in your life because hmm. it's in the air mm-hmm. it's in the media it's in, like it's in our friggin' bones mm-hmm. as white people to be racist because we're tra- as like you know growing up i grew up in new york and um you know parents of my friends my parents well i don't know about my parents my dad actually but you know my mother uh, my family like they say the word black in a whisper like mm-hmm. why are you whispering <laughs> yeah. you know so it's just like little things like yeah. that or referring to uh, black people as dishrata in this very negative way or what have you. It's like, you know, and all you see in the media, like who are all the criminals, all the criminals covered in the media are black somehow, you know, so, or uh, you're driving along and suddenly you're, you hit a black neighborhood and your mom surreptitiously locks the car door. Right. What's that all about? So, you know, so it's still, I mean, a slightly different, um, uh, way that it happened with uh, homosexuality, because again, it, it, it was talked about so much, but you know, that's also a way of making something seem wrong, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, if, it, if, it's, if there's something wrong with it, why don't people talk about right. it? Right. It's like, she's gay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. whispering yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I feel kind of fortunate <laughs> because when I was, I think it was about 10, uh, my mom had moved us out to California 
I, I'm originally uh-huh. from Maryland, and so my mom and dad split when I was very young, three years old. And so we, you know, we moved out to California, and my mom was interviewing this guy to possibly be our roommate. And I, <laughs> I have this crazy. I, I was a weird kid, and for some reason, I was in this in the closet off of the living room. It was this big walk-in closet, and I don't know. I don't know how this started, but I know that they were out in the living room having this conversation and I was listening in. And so they were going back and forth about, you know, what what they like to do and this and that. And I think my mom said something like, oh, well, I like to, you know, um, go out on Saturday nights. You know, maybe sometimes you're going to have to babysit Kimberly. Are you OK with that? And he's like, yeah. And, you know, basically what I need to tell you is that I'm gay. And I remember... I understood what being gay meant, and I really didn't have any kind of preconceived notions. Well, actually, no, I'm going to take that back. I had a preconceived notion, and I don't know where I got it from because it wasn't from my mother. I do remember asking her when I was about six years old, what does it mean? So she just like told me the you know, the basics, what you can tell a six-year-old what they can understand, that, you know, it's men mm-hmm. with men, women with women, and they have, like, a loving relationship. And so I remember being kind of freaked out by that, but okay. And then, so I'm, like, 10 years old, and he says, I'm gay. And I remember, like, I was so dramatic, and I stopped in my tracks. You know, oh, my God, he's gay. And, um, <laughs> and I, you know, it just, it just seemed like such this big deal. And it was awesome because he wound up moving in with us, and... I lived with him and he was so freaking cool. He was one of the coolest guys that I've ever known. And he, Mm. you know, he never, I mean, my mom wouldn't have cared if he had brought men over, like he was dating, picking them up and whatnot, but he never did. And I, I look back on Mm -hmm. that and I wonder if it's because he just wanted to, I don't know if he felt he was protecting me or something or just didn't want me to have, I don't know what it was, but he, he just always kept his private life private and Mm -hmm. but he was like he was so cool with me he was a speech therapist and he took me to work one day and I remember he you know just going around and meeting everybody and he was just super kind and so my experience with you know at at a young age my first experience real experience with a gay person was extremely positive and then of course I was you know growing up in Los Angeles so you know the gay people are all over the place and, and open and it's not you know I used to work in the perfume world and there were so many gay people and it was just something that was not a big deal. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I was fortunate to have not had those negative. I mean, like I said, from like six to 10, I don't know what I had heard that made me mm-hmm. so dramatically. I, I literally stopped <laughs> and like stopped in this pose like, oh, my God. But then, you know, who, who cares? And I got over it really fast. So that was pretty cool. But anyway, that's just my <laughs> little story. But, but that's interesting, though, that, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine what it must have been like. I mean, I know you weren't always hanging out with like Ivanka and everything, but still, I mean, you couldn't because she wasn't (laughs) born yet, but but still, I mean, that family was crazy. And, um, it just, you know, families. Yeah, I know. Well, I have a crazy family. I have a crazy family too. (laughs) On my mom's side. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying I have a crazy family on my mom's side. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, when you're in the middle of it, you're not, you don't really know that. Right. Um, I mean, I knew certain things were wrong. Like, I didn't understand. the. First of all, uh, the anti-Semitism made no sense to me. Like, almost all of my friends were Jewish growing up. So I'm like, what, what is this yeah. about? I don't get it. <laughs> um, and same thing with the racism. It's like, yeah. I grew up in Jamaica, Queens. It's like, you know, when I was a kid, it was like 70% black. I, I took the subway to school every day. Yeah. They were just, you know, people working, doing their jobs, running their businesses. 
and yet the the vitriol right uh aimed at them in my grandfather's house was like what what is going on like there was this huge disconnect mm-hmm. so but because i was fortunate enough to be outside of it i did not grow up in that as yeah. much time as i spent there i did not grow up in that house and you know my grandparents thankfully didn't raise me mm-hmm. did were i think i remember you saying you were closer to your well closer to your grandmother Eventually, and not when I was, I don't know, like there, I wasn't, there wasn't really closeness mm-hmm. with some of them. Uh, yeah, look, to be fair, my aunt was going through her own stuff. Yeah. Uh, she was in a miserable marriage and, you know, was struggling. Um, but also I was, uh, there were essentially two different gra- uh, generations of grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Uh, it yeah. was uh, my cousin was the oldest, and then my brother, and then me, and then twelve years later, Donald's mm-hmm. kids started showing up. Right. So, you know, it was just the three of us. I was the youngest and the only girl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I was basically always tagging along and trying to trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I was I felt anyway like I was close with my uncle Rob. Because he, mm-hmm. we were, he wasn't that much older than we were, and you know he taught us all how to play soccer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Mary, I'm sorry, with my grandmother even, and she was always, you know, in the kitchen, and I'm not sure what she was doing. But <laughs> it wasn't until quite a few years after my dad died that she and I got close, and it was largely because I made a, a huge effort. Wow. What did you think yeah. of them when you, I mean, when you were growing up, did you just see them as your grandparents and that was it? Did you feel like you had a lot of love for yeah. them? Did you like going over to their house? Uh, I mean, we, we were there all the time um, because like my, my brother and cousin were best friends and uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, I, I didn't ever really feel comfortable hmm. with either one of my grandparents as a kid. Hmm. Because, you know, they weren't warm and fuzzy people. Yeah. You know, they really weren't. Uh, so, um, yeah, and it, it got harder as I got older. Like, as I was, you know, later in my teen teenage years, mm-hmm. it got really tough for me. I don't, I mean, before my dad died, uh, mm-hmm. and, well, and after, but uh, it, it just got harder to negotiate. Hmm. Um, but, you know, um, I didn't really know why at the time. Uh, it took it took decades to figure that out, and I now know that a lot of it had to do with how they treated my father, um, which I, you know, put down to him. You know, because just as I brought into the the myth about that my grandfather made up about Donald, I brought into the myth my grandma grandfather made up about my dad. Hmm. Um, and unfortunately, wow. the myths he made up about my dad were pretty horrific. Yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, it took a while yeah. to figure all of that out. Okay, so now I want to ask you about some of the salacious stuff. And I just I just want to get your opinion. And feel free to just say, I don't want to talk mm-hmm. about that or that sounds ridiculous. Because, again, the... the, mm-hmm. the comedian that I spoke with, Noel, who had worked on The Apprentice, he actually also worked um, I think on those, the the Trump beauty pageants. So yeah. one of, now he told this to Stephanie Miller and I asked him about it and then he said, yeah, yeah. So he said, and, and this kind of goes back to what your aunt said about, okay, first of all, your aunt Marianne and that tape said she's a mini Donald meaning Ivanka, and mm-hmm. um, but yet he's besotted with her. He always has been. She's always been his favorite. 
and that word mm-hmm. besotted. Um, mm-hmm. That's a strong word. And it's kind, uh-huh. of, it's, it's kind of gross. And I mean, we've all heard what he said to Howard Stern that, you know, that yep. he would date her and that she was a piece of ass or whatever. He agreed to that. Um, and so Noel was saying a couple of different things. Number one, he said that Ivanka knows that her father, and now this is his words, uh, that, that, that Donald wants to fuck her and that she uses that. And then he said it even went back to when she was a teenager and he, he watched her and there's pictures, but specifically that he watched her give Donald lap dances, you know, publicly, not that she was facing him and naked, but she'd sit on his lap and she'd move all around and supposedly get him all riled up and that he would go after some of the pageant girls. Um, I know you weren't there for that, but, but since your aunt said and used that particular word besotted, um, does that make sense to you? Like the fact that Ivanka knows that she, that he's attracted to her and that she uses him? What I'll say is that uh, just as with my grandfather and his children, Donald's relationships with his children are entirely transactional. Mm -hmm. They also know, which was also the case with my grandfather and his family, that Donald's love for them, if you can even call it that, Mm -hmm. is conditional. So if you know that, you know that you're at risk of losing it if you don't Hmm. play whatever game it is you're supposed to play or you don't fill the role you're supposed to fill. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that plays out differently for all mm-hmm. four of them because, you know, a few, couple of months ago I would have left Tiffany out of it, but hey, she uh, she's an adult human being who made the egregious decision to speak at the Republican convention in mm-hmm. support of this. So, uh Oh well. Yeah. Uh, so they they all have different. They they each have different roles. They're aware of what they are. They know what they need to do in order to stay in Donald's good graces. And you know they also play him to get what they want. Right. Uh, and they do it very differently. Um, you know, Donald Donnie, sorry, does it by <laughs> being this desperate um, soul, well, I can't call him a soul, desperate, <laughs> pathetic guy yeah. who thinks the only way to do it is to out-hate everybody yeah. and murder innocent animals. Yeah. Um, you know, Ivanka's play is to pretend that she's moderate and moderating mm-hmm. and, um, you know, lends a a sheen of respectability Mm -hmm. and feminism to the totally uh, disreputable misogynist. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't aware of anything like that. Uh, You know, they, I never saw her not sitting on his lap when (laughs) she was a kid, but she was a little, a little kid. So, you know, that was just, weirdness not hers um but you know they were all trained to to play a play a role so well um I think it was, there was, there was Noel 
And then there's another woman whose name escapes me, but I saw her recently in the last month or two, whatever, on MSNBC, and she was on The Apprentice and said exactly the same thing Noel did. Like, for instance, Noel just says, you know, Donald is the guy, you know, who does drugs and grabs women, but Ivanka's the one to be afraid of. And and what he said about her specifically was that, and, and, and that woman said the same thing. The woman said Ivanka and Jared are the ones to be frightened of. And that's that, Tara Dowdell, maybe. Maybe I don't remember her name. I, I, I just, she was in a Prentice contest. I, maybe I, I just I, I just remember it was a woman, and that she was talking about how <laughs> freaked out she was about Ivanka. Um, mm-hmm. And so you know, I asked Noel about this. You know, the idea that okay, so the RNC seems to be grooming Don Jr. Um, for president, but there's also the talk of Ivanka like wanting to be president, and you know, his take was that. Ivanka is smarter than her brother and would likely get some dirt on him to hold over his head to get him to step down. And uh, I'm just wondering, like, do you think just I know, I mean, you're 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 just like me. You're separating. You're watching. But still, is your feel on this that she is planning to run? Uh, She might be like, you know, I think there are uh, I think it's more likely to be. Donnie, and look, the fact that we even have to talk about these people is not getting. I know. But that's, this is, this is what's become of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my view, like one of the, the least forgivable things that Donald's done is, 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 you know, force us to have conversations about <laughs> worthless creatures like Ivanka, no Donnie, Stephen Miller, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, so I think just because, uh, Donnie appeals to the base more. I think Ivanka is a little too polished and hmm. moderate seeming, mm-hmm. even though obviously she'll do whatever to get what she wants. Um, but I'm sure there, that within certain circles in the Republican Party, you know, she would be the preferred favorite um, because of the polish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're probably mistaken belief that, that she could. Um, you know, reach out to independents or what right, have you, yeah. or disaffected Republicans. Um, you know, interestingly, though, I don't think Donald would be... Donald, unlike my grandfather, Donald doesn't want any of his children surpassing him. Interesting. You know, he, he would have to play a supporting role. Can mm-hmm. you imagine that? <laughs> not happening. No, I can't. I cannot. I cannot imagine. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But you're absolutely right. The fact that we are talking about some, you know, Ivanka or Don Jr. as a possible presidential nominee is nauseating. It's nauseating. But it's here we are. Um, yep. It's so gross. And thanks, Republicans. I know. <laughs> and OK, so uh, just this is just kind of funny and not important at all. Um, but Eric, who blocked me on Twitter, um, your aunt said another that, brave soul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. um, yeah, I was kind of a bitch to him. So he blocked me. I, I deserved it. But I actually was trying to get him to block me because it just gave me a thrill. So um, <laughs> but your aunt said he's become the moron publicly. She said Ivanka mm-hmm. gives a shit. She's all about her. So um as far as Eric is concerned, I mean, what do you th- what do you even make of him? Like, what's his deal? He's just there to be a stupid asshole. I mean, that's what uh, he just goes Is on Eric? television. Yeah, he just goes on like Fox and screams a bunch of nonsense. That's all I see from him. He's just there to back up the Trumps. 
You know, whenever I hear Donald talk about the superiority of the Trump family genes, <laughs> I, you know, I think of Eric. I mean, really? It's just, I have to believe I was found under a rock because, I, I mean, his children in particular, they are bereft of um, any redeeming characteristics. Yeah. And um, I don't, I, I, this isn't helpful, but I don't understand the point of them. Right. Honestly. Right. You're right. What does he do? Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, he's following in a long, long Donald Trump family tradition of failing at business. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and just, just, uh, I just, I never understood, like, why does anybody give him airtime? I mean, Fox does, and I just, I feel like, why? Well, that's that's what Fox is, is, that's why Fox exists. Yeah. You know, to legitimize these deeply illegitimate people. Um, you know, and, and honestly, if, 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 if we, I mean, we're not going to lose mm-hmm. it. The only way Donald stays in the Oval Office is if is if he steals it with yes. a lot of help, right? You know, um, so and as I've said before, he's already cheating, so let's not pretend mm-hmm. that that's not already happening. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. know, it's not like he's going to come up with something; he's already doing. It. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Fox News, Roger Ailes, Fox News, the Murdochs um, will have had an extremely large hand in ending mm-hmm. us if um, all does not go well. In November, um, and and the fact that uh, people like my cousins are allowed to go on that channel mm-hmm. and lie with impunity, mm-hmm. and Donald's allowed to go on and lie with impunity, uh, is quite. Um, I, I you know you can get your FEC license pulled for swearing, but mm-hmm. that's okay. No kidding. No kidding. You know, yeah. We we need to uh, re re. Uh, organize our priorities here because it's um, what does more damage, right. you know, and it's, it's the same conversation about like, it's totally fine for people to talk about, you know, Donald's potential physical ailments, but mm-hmm. you, know, you know, there's a bright red line about talking about his psychopathologies. Mm-hmm. You know what, if he has arthritis or high blood pressure, that does not affect my data. It's not going to destroy my life. Mm-hmm. If he's a, a, if he's a psychopath mm-hmm. or whatever, the many other things he might be like, that's or you know is, is suffering um, from brain traumas. That's a little bit more relevant. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, we, we really need to figure some stuff out after this and, and codify things that um, you know have only been kept in place because of things mm-hmm. that don't exist anymore, like honor, honor, and yeah. shame. Well, I mean, and as uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, the pendulum always swings. So the pendulum needs to swing back in sanity's direction. And then we need to, like you said, there's so much to do that, you know, the Biden administration is only going to be able to do so much because they've got, you know, a limited amount of time until the next election comes and they have to get it right for 2022 as well. We can't repeat what happened with Obama where so many of the Democrats just felt, oh, well, we've got Obama, so we're not going to vote in the midterms. You know, that was. But, yeah, I understand that. And I agree with you. But and I, I don't like to disagree with Justice Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> um, 
you know, the pendulum doesn't always swing in a way that um, recalibrates the system right. appropriately. Yeah, exactly. It never swings farther left than it did right. Like, we, ne- we mm-hmm. always lose ground. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason we lose ground is because in the name of moving forward and, I don't know, we don't hold people accountable. accountable. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe a lot of people can show up in 2010 because they're like, okay, so the criminals are still roaming streets free to, to mm-hmm. continue stealing from people. Why should I be all, you know, mm-hmm. motivated if it's, if it's going to be more of the same? So I would suggest that, uh, you know, this time around, the pendulum needs to swing so far to the left that mm-hmm. it gets stuck there until I have great grandchildren. <laughs> That's what needs to happen. Yes, indeed, and I, you know, I hope so. I really hope so. And I, you know, both uh, Biden and Kamala Harris, before she, you know, when she was a num or when she was a candidate, she said mm-hmm. that you know her she would be okay with her DOJ going after Trump, and and obviously Biden has said that, especially because they've gone after his son. So let's, you know, I mean, and uh-huh. I know, I think his name is, uh, I mean, I interviewed Jared Sexton Yates, who, mm-hmm. I hope it's right, Jared Yates Sexton, I always get it wrong, but he was <laughs> saying how, he's so smart, he was saying how not only should we see, you know, Trump and all those people go to jail, but then we should also see everybody in the Republican Party, not that they're going to go to jail, but but be held accountable in that they should yep. not be able to hold office and never, ever be able to do anything again, like lobbying nothing. They, they can't yep. ever work in government or anything mm-hmm. related to government again. I don't see I don't see us going that far. Unfortunately, it's just like with the media, you know, for all these years, the media has played it safe. We've seen how many times has Van Jones declared he's finally become president. And it's like, I don't understand this caution. I get the caution when you don't want to look like a conspiracy theorist. But but when it's right in front of your face, when you have Michael Cohen Mm -hmm. screaming it from the rooftops, Mm -hmm. we've got your accounts, Mm -hmm. which I mean, you're coming from a a, a point of, Hey, this is my family. This is what I've seen, you know, in my own Mm -hmm. family. And they're still trying like bending over backwards for him. And I do think at this point, it's going to be less bending over backwards for him. But, and, and this actually leads me to, I know you are not going to diagnose him, but Mm-hmm. In your an opinion, just from what you've been seeing, does he seem mm-hmm. to be in decline? And and how much of that? Because I mean, we've seen where he slurs his words and all of that. But when he talked with Bob Woodward, he sounded much clearer. And I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. do you think he's in decline, or do you think drugs have anything to do with when he's speaking publicly? That that's why he slurs his words from time to time and says oranges instead of oranges, orange, uh, now I can't say it, origins. Origins. (laughs) Origins. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Look, anybody in that position is exhausted anyway. We know he doesn't do the job, but we also know he doesn't sleep. So Mm -hmm. uh, it seems pretty clear to me, because I can't speculate about, you know, street drug use. but Right. Well, Adderall. Everyone, you know. has some kind of, like, caffeine addiction. Mm Mm-hmm. If I drank 12 Diet Cokes, I, I would explode. I mean, I, I, you know, well, no, I would, like, run a marathon in 30 minutes, and then I would explode. But that's a lot of freaking caffeine. Yeah. So, uh, and he doesn't sleep. So he has a sleep disorder because no human being needs that little or can get right. by on that little sleep. But more importantly, you know, I, I don't sleep 
decline. And again, I'm not privy to any information right. anybody else is, isn't privy to, but it's the context he's in. Mm-hmm. He's, he's under the kinds of stress hmm. he's never been before. He's being um, not held accountable mm-hmm. exactly, but you know, he's under scrutiny he's yes. never been under before. You know, this article, nothing like this would have happened in the 80s or 90s mm-hmm. or off. So hmm. that is is um, definitely having an impact. And to the extent he has a, a psychological disorder, you know, the, anything like that, just as with arthritis or what have you, if it goes untreated, it certainly isn't going to get better and it's yeah. going to get worse. Right. Especially under the kinds of conditions we're talking about. It's not like he's, you know, um, well, I was going to say, it's not like he's lying on a beach in the Caribbean. That would probably drive him crazy. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's, you know, constantly in a golf cart just doing whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, he does have to show up for certain things. Mm-hmm. And all of this news is probably making him insane no matter how he tries to spin yeah. it. So that's what I see being the biggest factor here. Wow, that's kind of, and that makes a lot of sense because it's true. You know, he's never, I mean, there. you know, I'm kind of torn with what I've heard Michael Cohen made it seem like he want wait now now I'm getting confused because I've heard the the, the camp where he didn't want to win maybe that was Michael Cohen mm-hmm. he said that he wasn't looking to win but then I've but then like I read part of I've only read parts of everybody's book <laughs> but I was reading the book by Stephanie whose name I can never remember Melania's friend and that mm-hmm. he that sounded like he actually did want to former pres- friend, former friend, former friend, former friend, former uh, friend <laughs> that wanted that he wanted to be president. It just seems to me that he didn't really want to be president, that he was, you know, in all this debt. And this was a way for him to rebrand himself and, you know, get a, mm-hmm. a, a, a new bump where he could start, you know, getting some of this money that he needed that he owed everyone because I think he owes like a billion dollars or something like that. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, he's, uh, it's so weird, but okay. Now I want to ask you just in the last question, this is totally the most salacious. So I'm just curious. <laughs> to, <laughs> it's so gross. Well, there's two things, but number one, when, when Noel was on my show, first of all, he said that, you know, because he was on the set of apprentice all the time, and, you know, he was saying that he saw or, or, or it was common knowledge that Trump snorts Adderall and mm-hmm. and that that is his maintenance drug, that his his drug party of or his drug of choice when partying is cocaine. I don't know if that's still the case, but I guess so. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine people still do co- cocaine, but they do. And then um, <laughs> uh, mixed with his. I, I have no idea. <laughs> like I'm such a. I'm such a nerd. I don't know what well, I mean, people do, but yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, like, I, I don't understand why people did cocaine when it was popular. Right. So, well, I yeah. mean, that was back in the eighties and everyone was doing it. I remember yeah. that's, that was going around, but you know, it's Except like, me. <laughs> but I, you know, I've <laughs> gone to so many parties since the eighties and never once come across anybody doing cocaine. So that's why it's hard for me to even imagine. I mean, I saw it as it. In yeah, but he's, he's trapped in the eighties. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So, with, with his white you know. man's overbite dance. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the gross. Here's the gross thing. So first of all, Noel says the overbite dance wasn't gross enough. Give me a break. Come on. <laughs> so Noel said that because of the drug use and because of his really poor diet, he has incontinence, and that he uh, that he'll get angry, 
and lose his temper over something. And, you know, while he was on the set, he would lose it. And they'd have to basically go shower him down. Um, Now, I'm not going to ask you about his incontinence unless you know something specific. But he also said that Donald uh, rarely showers and doesn't brush his teeth often and he smells bad. And so I don't know, you know, is that even true? Was that did you have an experience where you were around him where he smelled bad? One advantage of having a physically unaffectionate family. <laughs> that never would have occurred to me before. Well, that's oh, what I heard. Um, uh, yeah, there's a. I I could be wrong. Yeah, but I think that there's a big difference between Donald of the '80s and Donald of the aughts mm-hmm. and teens. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, the re- regardless, whatever, you know, drugs, no drugs, I don't know. If mm-hmm. this is what this guy says, then I, I can't contradict him. Right. I can't confirm, right. confirm it. However, this is somebody who's never taken care of himself. Mm-hmm. He eats worse than anybody I know personally. <laughs> uh, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't exercise. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, think about that. Uh, like, that's one, it's one thing to do that when you're in your 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. But you do that in your 40s and your 50s and your 60s and your 70s. Yeah. It's not a good combination. So, I, you know, thank, all I can say is thankfully I missed that part. <laughs> <laughs> and again, thank, no, hugging was not the same. Right. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That's just, I mean, I know, I know this is a stupid question, but it's like part of the thing is even though incontinence or smelling bad is really not important in the grand scheme of things, it's like he has abused us for so long and Uh it's just this, like, I just want to know that he's gross. I just want to know that he's disgusting. You know what I mean? Because he's disgusting in so many other ways and it would be coming out physically. And, and, and so it's just almost like knowing it gives me some kind of sense of, Oh, just, it's, it's just, he's gross in every way. You know what I mean? And I know it's dumb. Yeah. I know yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. I know. He's, he is uh, the portrait of Dorian Gray of, uh, the, uh, of America. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, look, you just, you just have to look at him. Right. You know, and his hair. Is, yes. His hair makes me <laughs> ill. But, um, I, I mean, to me, the this isn't really, I, it's not about exactly. Wait, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Because you kind of dropped off. It's not about what? Yeah, sorry. What I'm about to say is not it's not about to pleasure in you know, these things. It's right. more about um, knowing that... Uh, this way, he's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I I think of anybody who as is incapable of happiness or joy mm-hmm. than he is. Yeah. So just imagine, right. imagine being him, and you know, uh, it kind of it kind of helps um, make it seem less bad because right. it would be so much worse. If he were getting away with everything mm-hmm. he's been getting away with, is a legitimately happy, right. joyful, you know, yeah. uh, person. Uh, and he's none of those things. Did you ever uh, see? He's miserable and he's afraid. Wow. Constantly. 
we had a little technical difficulty with sound, so I'm just going to wrap this up here. But I just want to say, first of all, thank you for coming on my show. And then also thank you for just saying everything you've been saying publicly, because I honestly believe your voice is one of those many um, things coming down that's going to help change the public perception. It's going to help us beat Trump and Trumpism. So thank you for that. And just why don't you just tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, I am at Mary L on Twitter, which is one of my favorite places to be. I wish I could <laughs> hang out there more. Um, I, I also started a Facebook page. Okay. I think it's it's also Mary L Trump. I mean, sorry, I know Facebook is the enemy. However, <laughs> just in ter- for just before the election, I thought it was good to have a page. Yes. To, because like there, like my Twitter feed is kind of sacred to me. So mm-hmm. on Facebook, though, like I can post things, I can promote other people and stuff like that. Right. I haven't like gotten, you know, the hang of it yet. But um, <laughs> you know, and I put as soon as the election's over, I'm canceling my Facebook page. Um, <laughs> but uh, but that's it, you know. Um, and you know, if you if you are interested in buying a book, please get your uh, local bookstore. Yes. Um, you know. Awesome. Um, but this was great. I, I so appreciate it. And <laughs> I had, but like, it's, you know, you do a lot of interviews yeah. and you get the same old questions. Right. And it's just so nice to have somebody come at it from a different angle and, you know, just felt like a conversation. Well, uh, thank you. So that's what I, I yeah, that's what I want. Thank you. That's what I wanted. I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. And I, and I like uh-huh. to just have discussions. I am, is that a cat? Do you have a cat? Yeah. Oh my god, I love you even more now. I'm a cat person. I know people too. <laughs> um, I'm gonna put the link to your book in your description, and then uh, in the description of the show, I should say, as well as your Twitter handle. And oh my god, thank you so much for being on the show. I just absolutely adore you. Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. This was great. Take, Take care. care. Bye bye. Well, who'd have thought one of my favorite interviews in the whole world would be with the Trump? (laughs) Isn't she super cool? I love her. She's so down to earth and awesome. And I love that she listens to Bob's show. Maybe one day when Bob and I are in her neck of the woods, we can all have a drink together. That's kind of my fantasy right now. I think that would be so much fun. And she's a cat person. I mean, (laughs) I got to love her. Now I just want cats. I can't wait till we get cats, but we still have to wait. It's funny because Bob is right now, I just went out and talked to him after the interview. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Um, and he's already talking about the shelving he's going to get, the kitten-proof shelving for all of his paraphernalia. You know, his, I call it nerd paraphernalia, but, uh, and I mean it in a loving way. But you know, the guy has all kinds of paraphernalia from different movies. He has movie posters. He has all kinds of Star Trek stuff. So he's got to protect that from those dangerous kittens you know how dangerous they are but anyway back to mary that was so much fun what a cool person she is and i'm so grateful that she came on my show i'm so grateful that i get to talk to people like her and noel kasler and glenn kirshner it's so much fun oh my god i feel like i'm so fortunate and so lucky so i I hope you had a good time i absolutely had a good time and there's really not much to say except that on wednesday i'm going to be talking with terry canefield she's coming back she's a lawyer and I noticed something she's, you know, one of her many Twitter threads that are very reasonable last week, I think it was having to do with the Amy Barrett nomination. Although I could be wrong, I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, hey, you need to come on the show. So, you know, she's kind of like a calming voice, kind of like Glenn Kirshner. And she, I know 
that I spoke with Jared Yates Sexton, and I hope that's his name because I always get the Yates Sexton and the Sexton Yates part confused, but I absolutely love him too. He's so smart. He has a slightly different take than she does sometimes. He's a little bit more like punchy, like let's go after and she's like, okay, calm down, let's calm down. Either way, I think they both have uh, merit and they're both valuable. Both of their voices are valuable. So I want to talk to her and see what she has to say about, you know, what's coming up because Trump is going to probably do everything he can to steal this. Well, no, I'm sorry. I'm taking that back. Trump is going to do everything he can, not probably, to steal this election. And she's always a good voice of reason. So I'm going to talk to her on Wednesday. There is no patrons only shows this week. And what else? Um, well, that's going to be it. You can find me on Twitter at Author Kimberly. Don't forget that extra E, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. You can find my books on Amazon. Peyton's Choice is a pro-choice book about teen abortion. I also wrote with my mom, or I should say I, I put out with my mom the book, The Virgin Diaries. We collected stories from men and women, gay and straight, on what it feels like to have first-time sex emotionally. We focused on the emotion more than the physical. I also wrote American Woman, The Pole Dance, which is all about the importance of voting. I wrote it for my younger self when I really didn't give a shit about politics, and I wish I would have, looking back. And then I, and some of it's personal experience. Some of it is, you know, recording history from great women of our time. Some of it is about why it's so important to vote. And I actually give a few ideas on how to make voting a little bit more fun. When you get your sample ballot, you can like get together with your friends and all pick different things that you want to focus on and research and then all come together. You know, it was an idea. So... <laughs> Don't forget, my mom wrote The Melt, which is a dystopian thriller. She started writing it in 2016, and it's about a global pandemic caused by the climate crisis. So, I mean, she must be psychic. And it's really good. So check all those books out on Amazon. She's got her own page, Ann Werner, A-N-N-W-E-R-N-E-R. She has other thrillers. She has a book called Crazy, which is about a serial killer, and it's very, 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 very loosely based on me. No, I never had a serial killer coming after me, but the character in the book who is kind of like the victim, if you will, or the, the lead is, you know, a six-foot blonde actress who became an author. The only thing that she didn't do is become a podcaster, but I'm sure if my mom were writing that book today, that would be the deal. Anyway, so you can check those books out. Follow me on Twitter. And don't forget, review, review, review. Whether you're reading a book, whether you're listening to this podcast, we need reviews. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Can't wait for your comments on this one. And I will see you on Wednesday.